All right. Well, good evening. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another session of the Shepherd's Love Discipleship Center. We are we are here um, for another teaching of family series, and we're going to start with prayer, and then my wife is going to give an overview of kind of what we've been talking about, and then we'll get into some great teaching by a great couple who I'm going to let my wife introduce after she finishes um, giving the overview. So let's say a quick word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you. God, we give your name praise. We give your name honor. We give your name glory. Thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, for another opportunity, Lord God, to come and sit, Lord, and to go through, Lord God, what we know as discipleship. God, I thank you in the name of Jesus, Lord God, for this series uh, on the family, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, and what you're doing in our families, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord God. Hallelujah. Despite of, oh God, what it may look like, God, we thank you for redirecting us and putting us back on the path of putting family first in the name of Jesus. And so, Lord, I thank you now, Lord, for uh, every listener, Lord God, who will be listening today, Lord God. I pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that they will learn something, Lord God, that they never heard before in the name of Jesus, Lord God. I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord God, hallelujah, that, Lord God, that the deliverance, Lord God, will go forth, Lord God, and, Lord God, something will be triggered in the name of Jesus, Lord God, to help us, Lord God, think differently, and, Lord God, turn on a new path, Lord God, as it relates to family. Lord, we thank you in the name of Jesus, Lord God, for clear direction, Lord. We thank you for clarity of speech, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Jesus, Lord God. And Father, we most of all thank you, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, for the waves and the currents, Lord God, that we're about to experience in the name of Jesus, Lord God. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, I even activate, Lord God, prophetic insight in the name of Jesus, Lord God. Oh God, where things, Lord God, will be shown and visions will be seen in the name of Jesus beyond, Lord God, where we are today, Lord God. We thank you in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that we're pulling, hallelujah, from an eternal perspective in the name of Jesus, Lord God. We thank you, Father, that we don't pray to heaven. We pray from heaven and we live from heaven. And so, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, bring, Lord God, the diagram, bring the visions, Lord, in the name of Jesus of what you're trying to demonstrate today what you want us to hear today in the name of Jesus, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, and I declare, Lord God, even the capacities be expanded in the name of Jesus, Lord God. I, oh God, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, acknowledge the teaching mantle in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that's in this room today. Yeah, God, I thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that teachers have been silent for so long in the name of Jesus, Lord God, and I activate that teaching mantle now in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that it go beyond the scope, Lord God, hallelujah, of what we know teaching to be, Lord God. But Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, let it, Lord God, put it, pull things out of our ears that's been clogging us up. in the name of Jesus from hearing your truth, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God. And Lord, I thank you now in the name of Jesus, Lord God, for what's about to take place. Lord, we thank you, we praise you, and we worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So before our amazing teachers come forth, we're going to go over a brief recap. 
So again, we are in the family series and we're discussing the, the family, which is the matters of God's heart. And in March, we talked about what is family and we talked about how family is the institution that God the, the um, divinely orchestrated and how family is responsible for society. We are responsible for education and the socialization of children. Uh, we are is um, really the value of citizenships and what family do in God is how society will develop. Basically, that's how it is. And so um, then we went into April and we talked about the husband, also man, in case um, men are not married, we broke it down and how husband was responsible for binding, bringing together the family. It was their responsibility to hear from God and also bring the family together. That was their responsibility. And then in May, we talked about the wives or the women, how it was their responsibility to um, basically build up the family, um, build it up, the husband and men, bind it together, bring it together, but the women or the wives, they build it up. That was their responsibility. That was the overall understanding of it. And then we went into June, we talked about children because oftentimes ministries always forget about children, like they don't have a place in the family. But we found out that children are very instrumental to the family. They are a gift from God. And what we pour into them is how society is going to continue. It's also what God is ordaining for the family, for the parents to pour into the children because God is in need of the children. It is a reproduction. It's a continual growth process. And so that is why children are needed in the family. That's why he gifts us children. Either we've understood they can be adopted, they can be spiritual, they can be biological, but they are a gift from God. So then we go into July and we discuss, <clears throat> excuse me, we discuss um, parenting after divorce. And we learned something amazing there that gift does not die when you are divorced. It continues. There is a, there is no magic formula. There is no one way. That is key that you just continue to be who God called you to be. Even after the divorce, you still are mandate to be who God called you to be and still live out what God need of you. And then we go into August. We talked about single dads and we realized that single father uh, will raise a healthier child than a single mother according to statistics. Why is that? Because man was created first and they have a responsibility. They hear from God and they have to execute out what God tells them to do. But we also found out a lot of more things. So you have to go back to that because that was a powerful as well as parenting after divorce. That was powerful as well. So I advise you to go back and to listen to that recording. And then in September, we talked about single mothers and, you know, we talked about codependency as single mothers. That was an issue when single mothers become codependent. There's a perfect storm which lead to codependency. And that was um, an amazing teaching as well when we found out that shame is also an issue with single mothers and single mothers struggles with support system. And we put a charge out to everyone when it came down to 
um, ministry-wise and church-wise, how can we support single mothers when they have to deal with daycare and job when they are all alone and could lose their job if they go um, have to take the kids out of school or doctor's appointment, things like that. So that was very powerful Wells when they have to deal with uh, shame and codependency. And now here we are in October. Yes, October. In October, we are going to get a different perspective on unhealthy family dynamics during engage, engagement and marriage. And so we uh, have here with us today, CJ and Lauren Warfield, and they're going to give us a different perspective um, how it is in a family dynamics being engaged and then getting married and uh, from an unhealthy perspective. And so they're going to give us some some strategies and give us some things. I have some names I'm going to call them at the end. They're, they're not ready. They always give us names, me and my husband, but they ain't ready for mine. <laughs> But um, I, I am really looking forward to this, and I know you all, audience, you're going to be um, blessed by this teaching because we are blessed by their presence and by their, um, just by their growth in God and by their stature in God as well. So we're just looking forward to it. So now we turn this over to CJ and Lauren. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you for having us. <laughs> Yes, thank you for having us. We are excited to be here. Um, <clears throat> we want to say thank you for the extended invitation to teach from our point of view, from our perspective. And we thank you for the covering of Mario and Kenisa, our spiritual uh, big brother and big sister. We love y'all. We just, oh, we're just real quick, before we get into the teaching, we absolutely love you guys. Mm -hmm. We thank you for bringing, for covering us and for bringing out dormant things in our spiritual lives so that we can grow not just as a couple but as ones that want to advance the kingdom of god so thank you we love y'all so much and <laughs> so um we are talking about being siblings while engaged um so we definitely want to establish who we are i am number two out of four siblings. I am the oldest girl um, and uh, birth order is a thing that we have talked about a lot, uh, being siblings. Mm -hmm. um, I was always treated like the oldest, um, not just the oldest girl, which I was, but the oldest child. Um, my older brother, was born before me, um, had gotten um, sick. He had actually been diagnosed with cancer when we were younger and um, is healed, has been in remission since about seventh grade. Um, but the treatment that my parents had for him, especially my mom, was he was an only child. And then I was the oldest, my sister was the middle child, and my youngest brother was the baby. And that was the <laughs> treatment of us as siblings. Um, in fact, it was about five years ago when I read about like birth order that I even realized technically by birth, I am a middle child, um, but never experienced that because I was always treated like the oldest. And 
um, I know the the Bible talks a lot about the firstborn and the blessing that comes with being a firstborn um, and uh, the favor that comes with being a firstborn. And I believe I had favor from my parents um, in different ways because I was the first girl. Um, so that's kind of who I was in my family as a sibling. Um, I'm gonna let you talk <laughs> so I'm the oldest of four. Um, got two brothers and one sister. Um, my, and with my dynamic, I was definitely treated as the oldest. I was the oldest. I was the first to graduate from high school, the first to do marching band. I was the first, first to get his driver's license. I was the first to get it all. And of course, the, I received a lot of the favor from my, my mother and my father, and I received the favor from God, but I also knew what that also meant was the responsibility of three other eyes. Well, really nine other eyes by three different people <laughs> looking at me being the leader, being quote unquote, if my father wasn't there because he had to work or my mom wasn't there because she had to work. I was the father figure. I was the parental figure. I had to figure it out. So if we had to eat, I'm like, okay, what are we getting ready to do? How much money do we have? Um, if my mom left some money, okay, what what are we going to eat or anything like that? So the responsibility of being the oldest definitely came on my shoulders. And going through the process of us getting married, it was a different level, but it was still the same treatment of, I wasn't the first to get married, but me being the oldest, I got, for lack of a better word, a little bit more of a spotlight because I sacrificed so much as a kid. I sacrificed so much as a teenager. So by the time I got married, my mom and dad, they were like, okay, it's on you. You get all this treatment. And there was a moment where I was just like, I don't know what to do with any of this, you know? But God saw fit to not only prepare me for my wife, but to prepare me for what was getting ready to come within my family because there are my sister is also married my brother who was married he's divorced now um but we all got to see the lane that that took in being that person's spouse is now priority a mm -hmm. you know and we had to understand that so now walking through it is a little bit easier because i got to see it but also i'm like i get it now I get that Lauren is priority A. Lauren is priority one. Lauren is the star of my team. And I got to treat her as such. Nobody else in this equation matters. And I had to understand that being the oldest, because a lot of times I'm these three, Brian, Alexandria, those are my brother, Brian, Alexandria, and Christopher. These three were always the center. And I'm like, I got to push y'all to the side. Two of them understand because they've been in my place. Last one kind of had to understand that, but he's understanding more now as, as time develops and everything. So that's where it is. So it's it's a different process, but it's it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> There'd be a lot of back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So part of while we were dating, um, one of the things that we were really able to um, connect with was our role as siblings um, in our families. 
um, we are very much so the the leaders. The yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we are those siblings that um, our parents put uh, a lot of responsibility in and had us um, look over and after our siblings. Um, we also are very close to the sibling born after us. Mm-hmm. Um, my sister and I are best friends. Um, and it's so crazy. CJ's birthday is two days after my sister Lindsay's birthday. And there are so many things that CJ does that reminds me of Lindsay. I'm just like, y'all are like the same but different person. <laughs> but I love it. I, I love it. Because um, it's, it's good things. Um, it, it's all good things. But the relationship that I had with my sister was so close growing up. Um, and to this day, there have been other people who have tried to be a sibling of mine or, you know, emulate mm-hmm. the relationship that I have with my sister. And it just wasn't possible because we are so close. <laughs> um, but that was the relationship that changed first when I started dating CJ. Um, because I had um, put a lot of people in my life um, ahead of of me and what I was doing for myself. Um, I I tell CJ all the time, he was the healthiest relationship that I had, but I was thinking in terms of dating. Um, But when I looked at it, it was all of the relationships that I had in my life. My relationship with CJ made me recognize and set boundaries for the relationships that I had with my family first. Mm -hmm and then my friends, and then colleagues or coworkers or whoever it was. Um, and so my sister's relationship with me was affected first. Mm-hmm. Um, now, CJ and Lindsay had a relationship because we met in high school. Mm-hmm. Our families went to high school together. So they already knew Literally. each other. Um, so <laughs> CJ was Lindsay's big sister before he was my boyfriend, before he was my fiance, before now he's my husband. But um, we were still sisters the whole time and so she had to understand that the sister time that we normally spend together um is not over but it's cut short in different ways um the conversation is different now because we're not just talking about guys that we like i'm now talking about the man that i'm going to spend the rest of my life with um and the man that i want to start a family with And so I had to recognize who I was as a woman um, in CJ's life, but also what does being a sister look like when I have a husband first? Um, I was definitely um, voluntarily burdened with taking care of my siblings. because I spoke my father's language. Um, My dad and I mentally were in the same space. So he would do things that I understood him that maybe my mom did not. And so I was able to communicate with my dad um, in the same way. First of all, he was the biggest um, 
and I, this is a term of endearment, black nerd that I had ever seen. Not only did he love Star Wars, but he also loved Star Trek. Um, I am currently still learning Klingon just so that I could communicate with my dad because that was how much of a nerd he was. And so I spoke his language a lot. Um, but my sister looked like my dad. <laughs> yeah. um, so there would be times where I would communicate with my dad about my family that he wouldn't necessarily communicate with my mom about. Um, and that caused me to almost be like a second mom in my family. And so I went from being a daughter first to a sister to now a type of mom. Um, and two women in a household don't really work. Um, <laughs> Uh, so growing up, it was it was really interesting, um, just the dynamics between myself and my mom. I was constantly trying to get her approval, just being her daughter. Um, but I did not realize for a long time that my relationship with my dad almost threatened her relationship with her husband um, because I'm I am in this house and I've been established as a daughter and a sister because that's who I have biologically in my family. But now I'm somehow also an adult without being an adult. Mm -hmm. I've taken on a mantle that I didn't ask for, um, but also um, kind of infringing upon the literal mantle that God had given other people in the house. Um, and so figuring out who I was as a sister, um, changed a lot when I got engaged. Um, my, my dad had already passed, um, so I'm no longer his other wife or, you know. Mm. <laughs> um, in addition to being his daughter, but now um, I'm the first in my family to get married. And so besides my parents, my siblings didn't have an up close personal view of what engagement looked like, what um, marriage looked like this close. Um, I, I would say we are the first marriage that my siblings got to see um, in real time as those boundaries were changing and relationships were being established. And with um, my dad passing, uh, my brothers almost took on the spiritual mantle of being the men of my family. Um, but by then, CJ and I had been dating for three years, two, two about two years. We were about to get engaged. Um, and so I had to sit my brothers down and let them know, I appreciate you all for um, taking me under your spiritual covering. But I have now a spiritual covering. Um, and a covenant that I'm entering into with CJ. And they didn't respond well <laughs> to that. Um, but it was mostly out of, you know, their desire to keep me safe. Um, and I think letting go of me as a sister um, so that I could be a wife was what they had to deal with and are still dealing with. Because um, again, this is, 
I'm the first in my family to get married. So they had to understand that my priority role is no longer being a sister. Um, my mom was able to translate that communication and conversation. Um, she was the first to start treating me like a woman when I started dating CJ. Um, and at the time I was like, why did it take me being with a man for you to treat me like an adult? But the Holy Spirit revealed to me that it was her acknowledging my priority role now. Um, I was a daughter first and I was a sibling second, um, but now I'm a wife first. And so that is the role that my mother addresses me as, um, that my sister has learned to address me as. And my brothers slowly are starting to address me as. So it, it took a while. Um, <laughs> it took a while, um, but it's coming along. Mm -hmm. Why well, is it coming around? Yeah. Yeah. Slowly but surely. <laughs> I got three. By God's grace. Um, yeah, as far as my affected, um, like I said, Brian was married first. So I got to see it. Our relationship was affected just simply because he was my, like with Lauren, Brian, my best friend, my right hand. That was my guy. He still is my guy. So to see, but to see that affected us when he got married. And I was just like, hey, what happened to my brother? But I had to understand that he was a husband first. Mm -hmm. And then Aiden came in. So now he's a husband, a father, and then a brother. And I was like, I get it. And I was like, I had to understand. And not only did I have to understand, I wanted to understand. And that makes me, one, help me understand that boundaries are necessary. You know, it's almost kind of like what we talked about, you know, when we first started dating, when we first got married, there's the, there's us, with me and uh, Lauren and I, and then the inner courts with our families. And then you have the outer courts, and then it just kind of grows after that. But once you kind of understand that the centerpiece is always going to be where God rests, one, and then where we reside, where in God's will, and then we set the boundaries after that. Yeah. Um, so our, our my relationship with my brother didn't get affected because he knew. My relationship with my sister didn't get affected because she knew. The one that got affected was my baby brother because we got close, like really close, um, to the point where at the wedding, he said I was the most interesting human he's ever met. And I'm sitting at the table like, pardon? Um, <laughs> but I, I was like, we, we got to know each other within the last, after I got back from college, we got to know each other within about the last 10 years. 10, 12 years, and I got to see his growth, he got to see my growth, and he had already known Lauren, and um, it got affected a little bit, just on the simple fact that I wasn't home as much, because I'm with Lauren, or I'm working, or I'm at a gig, or anything of that nature, um, so it made him a little sad, but once he understood, you know, the Bible says, in awe of thy getting, get an understanding, once he got the understanding of it, then he was just like, okay, I get it. You know, so it's it's all about all about understanding and all about knowing what that thought process is of Lauren is number one. You know, not Sharon, Curtis, Brian, Alex, or Christopher anymore. Lauren is number one, and you know, with my mom and dad, that of course they completely understand it because my dad is always going to put my mom first. That's natural. With 
us, we understand. And we're starting to understand it more and more now, you know. Um, so there's there's that. Yeah. Um, so let's, you want to dive into the word? Yeah. Dive into our scripture for the day. Yeah. All right. Um, well, let's go to Matthew chapter 12, um, verse 46 through 50. I'll be reading from the NIV version. Um, while Jesus was still talking to the crowd, his mother and brother stood outside, wanting to speak to him. Someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside, wanting to speak to you. He replied to him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? Pointing to his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. So, handing me the mic. All right. Um, <laughs> no. So, um, in in talking about siblings, uh, I had asked CJ what his definition of a sibling was, um, and he said it's your first friend. And I said, that's really interesting um and so when he asked me my thought was almost the opposite like your first enemy <laughs> i mean you you come out and it's it's the first person that you are um battling for attention yeah. from your parents yeah. right um, because you're sharing love, you're sharing resources, you're sharing space. Um, my sister and I grew up in bunk beds, um, but oftentimes we would end up sleeping in the same bed just because we were that close. We're sharing space. Like siblings share a lot of things. Um, but when I thought about um, who we are, as a family in Christ, with God as our father, we are all siblings. So we are all sharing the same father, right? Um, and so when we look at people, um, oftentimes we see what makes us different and we compare. Um, and that tends to lead to what I'll call sibling rivalry. Um, you're looking at what other people have that you don't, favor that they have received that you don't have, um, and not realizing that my relationship with my father is not the same as your relationship with your father. God knows who I am as his daughter, and my love language is not going to be the same as yours. When CJ and I first got married, um, and even before, um, while we were engaged and dating, um, we started to talk about how God communicates with us and just our relationship with God. Um, and uh, I was like, well, God doesn't talk to me the way God talks to CJ. Like, <laughs> I kind of I wish God would talk to me that way. But then CJ was like, well, God sometimes taps me on the head and like wakes me up in the middle of the night. And I'm like, well, I'm not trying to be woken up in the middle of the night. <laughs> Like, God, you can keep talking to him like that. We can talk a different way. 
Well, I don't want to say, up in the middle Not to say that God hasn't woken me up in the middle of the night, but God knows how to talk to me in a way that I will listen. Yes. And that's different mm. than the way that he talks to CJ. Mm. Um, and so I can't get mad at how God treats my brother uh, because God is the one who establishes who my brother is um, and how I should treat him. Um, and I have to honor who God has created him to be. So siblings are not just your first friends, but they're also almost, I'm not going to say a mirror, but they demonstrate all of the different ways that God can communicate mm-hmm. um, because <sighs> We're just different. (laughs) Um, And if we were all the same, then there would be no point in any of this. We'd have to, we'd we'd all know how each other thinks, how each other feels, what we do. All of that would be the same. And then it'd be boring. Um, But we're all different. And so relationships literally cause us to take the time to get to know each other because of all of our differences. So we've got a lot of siblings. Got a ton. We've got a lot of <laughs> like God's family is huge. Right <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know we have to take t- the time to get to know all of our siblings, um, and know like, okay, God, I'm the oldest girl, but I'm four eleven and a half. Why did you make me so short? Oh, so I can ask my brothers to reach this stuff for me because they're taller. I, I have to rely on my siblings for certain things. Um, God has equipped me with some things. I'm short, so I can go under things. <laughs> there may be places I can get into that my taller brothers cannot. <laughs> I'm saying. I mean, that's literally that's the first thing people notice about me when they see me is, is how short I am. Mm. So, um, it's just identifying who God has made me to be and then relating that to the siblings that I have around me. Yep. Oh. <laughs> I got nothing after that. Um, so <laughs> I <don't, laughs> You gotta ask. Yeah, go ahead, ask. We get it. Yeah. Okay, first of all, <laughs> first friend and first intimacy. That mm-hmm. kind of like That's took good. me to a whole different place. A lot. It explains so much. And in Jacob, Jacob. Cain and Abel. Yeah. Cain and Abel. The first and Cain yeah. was the firstborn. Yeah. yeah. And, and so. My question is from a first friend or first enemy's mm-hmm. perspective, how do we navigate through that in some of the things that you talked about, such as boundaries, comparison, um, and relying on certain things? How do we practically navigate through those spaces? Engage in marriage. Okay. Let's talk about the engaged part. So um, being the first my, I didn't really, my brothers and my sister weren't really my enemy. They really were my friends. They were also 
sparring partners for me. They were the ones I would bounce ideas off and they would say, that's trash. Don't do it. Or they'd be like, go ahead and do it. Let me see what you got. You know? Um, so it would have, so again, for me, it was just easier to set that boundary and reset that boundary. Um, and also, especially in the engaged part, you want to know how to be sensitive because like Lauren said, knowing each other's love language is crucial. My love language is so far different from Brian's love language, language, which is so far different from Alex's, which is so far different from Christopher's. Everybody's love language is different. So I got to approach you different. Mm. It's crazy when, you know, your father, and I heard this on a podcast with uh, Kevin on stage and Ty Trippie, who was a wonderful podcast. And they talked about loving their kids, two different kids, two different ways. The oldest for Kevin on stage loves affection, loves the attention, loves when he grabs him, hugs him, kisses him. The other kid does not want you to touch him. You're cool with looking. You don't want him to touch you. So the so I can't be as aggressive with Christopher the way I am with Brian. I can't be as aggressive the way I am with Alexandria as I am with Brian or Christopher. I can't be as sensitive either. There's got to be a thought process of, okay, how do I approach this boundary that now you can't cross this line anymore in the engagement as well as getting married, as well as being married? Is the line of, okay, you can only come this far. I can only let you in so much. There was a time where I would have posted Lauren all like every three seconds talking about this is my wife love her spotlights on her take it off of me love on my wife now i understand because the love language is different she's like don't post me <laughs> lauren lauren is literally like baby don't. she told me that from day one she was like don't post she's like if you do fine with it but don't because there's a privacy Mm-hmm. that we have mm-hmm. that only me lauren and god dwell in mm-hmm. and there's that boundary that we gotta set that only me god and lauren dwell in and it's crazy as crazy as it sounds at the same time it's needed and it's healthy for us as married it's honestly healthy healthy for people that are single that wanting that are wanting to be married or people that are dating or anything of that nature once you learn how to set it early you know how to set it and you know how to approach it. So it's the it's a matter of of dealing with everybody. And you hate to say different, but you have to say different because not everybody's gonna receive it. They say, like I can tell Mario, don't come over because this is going to happen. I'm about to do all this. And Mario could say it, and I could say the exact same thing to Kinesa, and Kinesa would be like, um, so I'm gonna come over because this is what we're getting ready to do. I gotta be like, okay, so. Kenisa, <laughs> how you doing, sis? What's going on? So, Lauren and I are dealing with some things right now, and nothing's wrong. We just need to deal with it right now. So, I suggest I submit to you not to come over at this time. Is that okay? I appreciate. Love you. Like that's, but that's how it's gotta. <laughs> but that's why it's gotta. That's what it's gotta. You know, and it's not necessarily anything that anybody said. It's just a nat- It's just a thing of I gotta approach everybody that I know extremely different. And it's the same thing, you know, with our brothers and sisters outside of the blood. You know, outside of you know, outside of our families, with um, two of my bandmates, Jesse and Joe. They're both married. 
And I had to understand that boundary. I'm like, man, 10 o'clock, their phones are off. They ain't talking to nobody because they're spending time with their wives. And I was like, what? Dang, I got to get used to this. Now I'm like, hey, 10 o'clock, yeah, phone's off. Like, don't don't disturb. And Joe, and Joe would text me, can we have a conference call? Nope, it's 10 o'clock. I got to be with my wife. Shut down. And that's what it's got to be. And Joe understands because he's married so he gets it you know so it's just a matter of the uh, the approach being approach being different so what you got well um <laughs> while we were engaged um i actually asked my older brother what he thought of you mm. and uh this is kind of where the the enemy comes in um I don't consider my siblings my enemies, um, but I know that the enemy does not care for the covenant of marriage and will use whatever available. Everybody is susceptible to being used by the enemy um, to come against what God has. Um, And my brother responded, "Um, I don't really think anything of him because he's not going to be around for long. And I said, um, (laughs) okay, that is not what I was expecting to hear. Uh, My brother lived in another state at the time, so he wasn't around much. But the last time he had lived in the state with me, uh, we actually were living together um, while we were in college. And he saw my previous relationships and my lack of boundaries from those um, and stated that basically when I was in a relationship with people that I went away from myself, I was not myself. I did not stick to my beliefs and ideals and things of that nature based on who I was with. So all of his understanding of who I was in a relationship came from those past relationships. Mm -hmm. So he had not seen me while I was dating CJ. He had not seen me as a woman from the last relationship that I've had been in until now. He had no idea who I was as a sister or as a person. Um, And so I think all of those things allowed for um, the ability to speak against what God had put together. Uh, I took it personal at first because I wanted the approval of my brother. But after talking to my now husband, um, I realized that it really didn't matter what my brother thought. Um, And so after a while, I stopped even having a conversation about (laughs) CJ to him because it really wasn't his business. Um, I'm not marrying my brother. Like we're, um, I I see my brother when I go home to see my family. Um, And that's about as often as I interact with him. Um, We don't talk much. And when we do, um, it's about things that he's willing to have a conversation about. But my marriage, my husband, me as a wife, none of that is available as a conversation anymore. Um, And that was something that I had to set in place. Um, 
it, it's just been really interesting seeing how people shifted because I shifted. Um, so CJ was actually engaged before um, we uh, started dating. Um, and his ex goes to church with us. Um, and when I first started attending the church, a lot of people would ask, you know, about her um, and how I was doing with her around. And I didn't have anything to say because she was just another person at the church. Beautiful person. Um, actually enjoy her company. She's great people. Um, but she had no bearing on my relationship because that was CJ's past and not our future. So when people would ask me about her, I would say, she is a friend of mine. She is also CJ's ex, but she's a member of this congregation. And I'm not gonna treat her any differently because she is a person too. Um, and people expect you to act on emotions um, and treat people based on what they think. Uh, but I, I have to treat people the way that God has established their relationship with me. Now, 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 now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I'm going to let my wife ask some questions. But I, and anybody else who have questions, but yeah, don't worry, don't worry. the, what was just demonstrated between what Lauren's brother said from CJ's perspective and Lauren's perspective from CJ's ex was a level of maturity. How were you prepared for comments like that and uh, being able to navigate from a mature perspective? Because yeah, I would have probably <laughs> Lauren's brother. <laughs> um, and then, you know, with people coming up to Lauren, you know, because I know how people are trying to just create a, a strife mm. uh, between the two of them. How do you, what, how were you prepared for that from a maturity perspective? There's a lot of prayer. <laughs> but yeah, go ahead. What, what that, it's like, it's like wise counsel for, what is, what is wise counsel then? Wise counsel for people who knew you then, like, and they don't know you now. You know what I'm saying? That's all, they hit me hard. It's like, maybe back ah, then okay. that was wise counsel. Mm -hmm. You know, but now it's not wise counsel because he, does, he doesn't know the evolved you almost, man. So yes. um, that that really struck me, man. It's mm -hmm. like if they don't know me now, how can they give me wise counsel? You know, yeah. it's like I don't know how, like like you said, I don't know how you would have come to that now. I can see it now, but in the moment, like I said, I'd probably who are you? Like you know what I'm saying? You don't know what God told me, but He ain't been with you. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And I asked him. You know, it's it's not like. He came volunteering that yeah, information. Mm -hmm. I asked him. Um, and honestly, at first he said, do you really want to know? And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm asking you because you're my brother. Mm -hmm. And then he told me. Mm -hmm. So I had to accept that, Lauren, you asked. You can't get mad at his answer. But you can control how you respond. Mm -hmm. um, as far as the preparation for that type of conversation, um, 
I don't know how I did not lose it. Um, but yeah. God keeping me because <laughs> there were a lot of people who thought they knew what was best for me. But that was because I had given them that authority in my life. Um, so the maturity came from closing off the extra access to me. Mm-hmm. I stopped allowing people to think that they had a say mm-hmm. in my relationship. Yeah, and um, that comes from evolving. Cause that's what I was sharing with him when you're dealing with siblings or um, family period people when you are evolving and you begin to ask people questions this this one, when you ask <laughs> when you begin to ask people questions about yourself and you're no longer affected by it it's because you have evolved mm-hmm. you have evolved from your old self and you have evolved from that old situation. And that's one thing that God is continuing to doing with us, evolving us from that grace to grace, faith to faith. And you have evolved. And it was real like God wanted to show you how much you have grown and how much you have removed yourself from others say. So let me go to the one who always has something to say about me, you know, mm. and see what you're going to say. And you just stood your ground. So that's what I was sharing with Mario is like, when we are evolving, especially with our siblings, do we allow them to continue to disconnect us from our relationships or do we continue to stay in? And you just stood instead of letting him disconnect like he used to in your past because mm-hmm. your family always has something to say about your relationship and always. you're affected by it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, evolving is a powerful thing. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, uh, man. <laughs> Going going back to the court stuff, man, because it's yeah. I keep seeing the court stuff when y'all talk, and it, I it's I don't know, I, and I'll explain more after this what I, what I, what I'm seeing, but um, y'all got to explain more on that court stuff, man, because <laughs> no no for, 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 from a, from a marriage perspective, this is y'all y'all got something. I ain't gonna lie to y'all, y'all got something powerful, man. And um, like I said, I'll give it to you after this, but y'all got something seriously powerful. Um, we can talk about the inner court. You can say marriage, middle court, the family, outer court, everyone else. And there's there's boundaries in between it, but it's a, I see it as a continual process. Yeah. You know, it's like you're going in, back out, in, oh, back out, yeah. in, back out, and well, you're it's learning moving. things. It's, it's, it's moving. Set up, taking down. Set up, taking down. You're moving. It's not even okay. I Man, it's almost. It's almost. I, I so I was late to the party. I started watching Game of Thrones <laughs> when we first got married. Sorry. And, First things first. I I was late. I was late. I been I binged. I think what in a two months. Like I been because I couldn't. I, I watched it and I could not stop. So that's number one. So, what? But watching that show honestly put that in perspective. There's the inner core of what these two are. You have House Warfield yeah. to where it's literally me and Lauren. And if we go to war at the end of the day. It's going to be me. It doesn't matter what everybody else is thinking. Mm-hmm. If we go to wipe by ourselves, we're going to come out. We're probably going to come out bloody. We're going to come out with wounds. Mm-hmm. We're going to come out with all of this. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, 
when I know that this partner is right next to me, willing to go to war, willing to go to battle, willing to go to fight with me at the end of the day, the rest of this, the inner courts, the outer courts don't matter. It's going in and out. It's going in and out. The inner court is always going to be family because it's always going to be blood. It is what it is. I love part of the inner court. We got certain people that are not family that are going to be a part of the inner court forever. And y'all just going to be locked in for the rest of y'all lives and be with it. But... And it also speaks of because of your integrity, because when the outer court or anyone in the inner court see your integrity Mm -hmm. and what you stand for, when you do go to war, Mm -hmm. you don't have to ask because they see who you are. Your aid is going to come because Mm -hmm. of what your house stands for. Your house stands for a level of integrity and it's a strong house. We have to support that strong house because when we are in aid, that house comes and support us. So that's also like in the house. I love that movie. So that also (laughs) you have to look at the dynamics of that, too. And I really want you all to process that, too, when you um, think of the dynamics of your strength. Mm -hmm. What are people looking at? Or seeing when they see you two together, when you was engaged and now that you are married, have your dynamics changed from engagement to marriage? Mm -hmm. And have you noticed a difference in your support system when you was engaged to now that you are married? Have there been a shift in that process too from the inner course and outer course? Mm -hmm. Because your strength will determine who stands with you, who stands with your house. Yeah, that's good. So I didn't mean to cut you out, Brandon. My bad. <laughs> so, yeah, this is kind of like clarity and instructions. Mm-hmm. Um, there is, uh, Lauren is late. Let me prepare myself. There, there is a teaching on marriage that is to come forth on the inner court and outer court. And the Games of Thrones analogy is one perspective. But the spiritual analogy is yeah. another one, holies, holies of holies, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and what that means mm-hmm. in the dynamics of marriage. Um, so let God begin to um, download yeah. that information, study that inner court, outer court mm-hmm. in the Bible um, from a marriage perspective and allow that to come forth as a teaching um, on marriage. And we, um, I'll let you know when I'm ready to hear it. Yeah, yes, sir. <laughs> we'll let you know when we're ready to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on, on top of that, man, um, I have focused on each item in the court. So, like, when you go into the holies of holies, that there's certain items that I never heard how those yeah. items relate to marriage. Yeah. You know, like the budding of the rod. What does that mean yeah. in relation to, to marriage, yeah. man? That's gonna be dope. So, I, I want to hear y'all perspective on um, each each item in each court. So, there's there's items in the middle court with the family. Like, what does that mean for the family? Um, then I have the responsibilities in each court for the people. One of the boundaries. So what is the responsibility that you guys set for each people in each court? The responsibility between you two in the inner court, the responsibilities of the family and the boundaries. How does that relate? And the responsibilities of the people on the outer court. 
Um, then I have, man, the process of changing clothes when navigating in the court. The clothes change when you go to courts. Yeah. What is that? What does that mean for for you guys in marriage? What does that mean for you when you were engaged? So there, there's there's a, a significance of the changing of clothes when, because you don't wear your inner clothes in the in the in the holies, the holies in the out of court. You don't wear those clothes. So but you have to change those clothes even before you come out the doors into the next court because people are not supposed to see you in certain clothes. Right. Um, you in certain clothes in certain clothes right um because certain certain clothes have rubies and jewels that people can't see you in right um and then i have uh what are people able to see when you are moving through the courts so the outer court has higher walls. They're not even supposed to be able to see what you're doing with your family, right? And then the inner court has, has blinds and doors because they're not supposed to see what's in the inner court. But when you come out into the out of court, what does that look like, right? What does that look like from navigating, getting to the out of court? How, what is the posture you and your wife are supposed to have coming out into the out of court? Right. What does that posture look like, man? Um, so you got you guys have something tremendous here, man. I think you can tell it in a way that's never been told before from a marriage perspective. Um, and I, I'm just so I'm so I'll be honored to hear what you guys come up with. And I want to add to that the arc. What is the yeah. communication is like with God mm-hmm. when you get into the holies of holies mm-hmm. after you don't went through all the transition? Now, what is the communication like? What is he saying? What is the instructions? What is the demand? Because there's going to be a level of we can't go before the Lord when you're married the way that you were when you engage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so now that you are married, you don't went through all these transitions, the inner and the outer. And now you have the level of understanding what all the garments and the walls and the, the uh, presentation is. Now, what is the communication like? How do you present yourself before the ark? Yeah, yeah. T- tell it to you when you're merging those courts. Yeah. When you're merging because your inner yeah. court is going to merge, how does that have to change from when you're single and having two separate courts to now inner court? So you, you may have to tell the story from single perspective and then how do you merge the court? How does the merging of the Holy of Holy actually say, look, when you're married now, because you have to merge these two houses, that some things need to go, do new things need to be added, do things need to be refurbished? That Man, that's good right there. What has to go, what has to be refurbished, and what has to be added in the Holy of Holies when you're married? First, when you say, what has to go, be refurbished, and added when your families come together? What has to go, what has to be added, what has to be refurbished when your new kingdom is established up out of course, man, that is dope, bro. Yeah. Good God Almighty. So, so, this is uh, is <laughs> so okay, okay, I'm sorry. So, the merging um, that also has to do with the singleness of mind. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I heard this while uh, Mario was praying, and I wrote it down. I figured it was most for me to study later, but this is for y'all. Mm-hmm. Single, <laughs> right? I'm like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were supposed to hold it till they got done. <laughs> okay, I had to release it. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. But the, the the singleness of mind, um, the difference in that transition from being single to engaged to married, and mm-hmm. the concept of being one, when he tells us that the two become one, in the holies of holies, you have to be one. Yeah. Because that there that is where there is oneness. There is a wholeness yeah, there yeah, yeah. Um, that is tied to our identity individually when we go in as singles. But now that you go in as as married, you still go in as one. And so um, three things that he says, singleness of mind, pure heart, and clean hands. And he began to talk about how why it's important 
Um, and it even while the marriage bed is undefiled, that's a whole other thing. Mm-hmm. But nothing to hold is to hold is too. Okay, y'all need to dig into that mm-hmm. because it's in there, and I don't even want to go mm-hmm. there, but it's in there. Mm-hmm. But it there the the clean heart. Um, or the clean hands and the pure heart have to do with maintaining that singleness of mind um, with each other so that when you go into that place, when you are in the holy of holies, the most holy place, um, there is nothing corrupted or corruptible. um, And there's nothing that is pulling you this way or pulling you this way. Um, And that singleness of mind, the, the obstacle to that is the clean and the pure. Um, and that can come in in a diff- in a number of different ways, which are some of the things that you've described that you've encountered with your siblings. Yeah, it has been des- it was designed to try to pull apart that singleness of mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but in your maturity, you stood firm in that. I mean, then he said, ultimately, this is leading you and guiding you into all truth. I'm like what? That's the holy of holies. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's all truth. There's nothing but truth there, right? Yeah. Um, and so then. Four scriptures he wants you to go to. John 16, 3, Psalms 51, 17, Psalms 51, 10, and Psalms 40, 24, 4. And yes, a book, a presentation, a class, a course, a <laughs> workshop, all of that yeah. for this. I was about to say, I just kept hearing a book, so <laughs> I think you got to write a book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You, you, I, I think you should, you should, I think it can come better if you do it like as a, uh, if you could write the book, but I think if you tell it first. Yeah. Do it. Okay. Like video yeah. wise, I think mm-hmm. you should tell it together and tell it separately. Like if you, if you tell, like I say, it's, it's like up and out, like up and out, mm-hmm. back and up and in. So it's like, you're going up an individual, then you're coming out, you're meeting, now you're going up together. You see what I'm saying? It's like yeah. you, you two go through your courts separately because you're single. You came out, meet each other, you got married. Now you're going through this again. It's married. You come back out. Now you're going through it more mature. You come back out. You're going through it more mature. You come back more mature. So it's it's an evolving process. Mm-hmm. So you can tell the story for a long period of time. Like you can tell the story from mm-hmm. your 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 just your evolution of singleness going through the court as a man. Mm-hmm. No matter how many times you have to go through it right. from maturity to finally meeting her. And now it's like, okay, I have to go through now again through God. So my relationship, like you said, my relationship, you already told it. Yeah. My relationship have changed each court. I've yes. gotten here. I went before God after I went, I went through each court before her, about her. Now God said, holy, holy God, what is it about Lauren? You know what I'm saying? I'm coming out again. My relationships have changed again because I'm getting more serious about Lauren. God, what is this now? Really? He says, yes. Okay, now me and Lauren are going before everybody through these courts, through our, through our friend group, through our family group. Now we the holy, holy, God merged this. Now you're married. Now you're going through the, through the courts again. We're married, we're yeah. through our families, we're the whole whole maturing, we come back out again, going through these, you see what I'm saying? So yes, it's, it's a continual process, man. You guys have already kind of so, told us yeah. that you have to tell the sibling stuff, you have to tell about my past, mm-hmm. you have to tell all that but stuff. We, man. Talk, we also still gotta talk about parents, so workers, and, and all that. Yeah, we gotta talk about all yeah. All right, I need to bring it in, bring it in, bring it in. Hold on. So we're, we're talking about family dynamics here and, yeah. and how this is critical as you are engaging going into marriage. And so this was a phenomenal teaching um, from Lauren and CJ. And we're definitely, we, they're going to have to be done because I, it's, it's ministry moment. <laughs> Yeah, it's gonna have to be a part two. It's gonna be a part two. Crazy to get, we ready for a part two. So <laughs> we didn't, we didn't really get. So, so 
Yeah, and so. Second. The 